Code Wins, Episode 12, Reflections of JSConf 2014, Part 1. Welcome to the Code Wins Podcast, where we cover leading-edge web developer news and training with an emphasis on Node, JavaScript, and HTML5. My name is Jeff Barczewski, and I am here to help you navigate the winds of change. In this episode, Kevin Old joins me to reflect on our experience at JSConf 2014 and to highlight some of our favorite talks from the conference. Most of the videos from JSConf are now available on YouTube, so if something sounds interesting, you can find them there. The links and show notes for this podcast are available at codewinds.com 12, as in episode 12. Today I'm joined by my good friend, Kevin Old, a full-stack JavaScript developer and one of the co-organizers for Nodevember, the new uh, Node conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Kevin. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Absolutely. Glad to reminisce. Yeah. So, Kevin, uh, you're one of the co-organizers for the November uh, conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's a new conference we've started here in Nashville. Uh, it's going to be this November, um, and uh, it's going to be November 15th and 16th. Uh, we're um, hoping to have a, uh, a conference track, uh, three tracks with uh, Node, JavaScript, Node bots, etc. So we want to have a regional conference based here in Nashville that will draw and and answer the need for talks uh, throughout the JavaScript community. Yeah, that sounds really good. I, and I know you've been working with uh, some of the, uh, the Chris Williams and some of the uh, the, the founder of uh, JSConf and 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 uh, also Michael Rogers. I think has also been advising. So you guys got some good good advice there on uh, on getting things going for NodeConf. Right. Yeah. They um, Chris is very open with sharing his knowledge about running conferences and. Uh, what it takes, and uh, all you have to do is reach out and ask. So we're um, we're certainly happy to have uh, his input. All the information's at nodevember.org. Awesome. Well, tonight we thought we would we would uh, look back at JSConf 2014. Uh, Kevin and I were were uh, honored to be able to be there this year, and and actually we uh, met met last year at uh, JSConf 2013. So that's when we became friends and. And it was great to be able to uh, come back to Amelia Island and and uh, just enjoy enjoy the conference. So we thought we would uh, share a little bit of our experience and our reflections on uh, JSConf 2014. Yeah, absolutely. I think the venue is one of the uh, the main things about JSConf. Yeah, it's just a beautiful beautiful place to be. Uh, Amelia Island, the, the the Omni Hotel there is is is, is great. The you know the having the ocean there and all the uh, the beach and everything is just the, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. And, um, yeah. So anyway, we thought, uh, we'd, we'd go back and kind of reminisce on, on the schedule and how things kind of went and, and some of our favorite, uh, things at the, the talks and that. So, so Kevin, uh, let's see. So you got there a little bit early, uh, and you were able to unwind a little bit before the, uh, the conference started. So that's, uh, how did, how did, how'd that work out for you? It was, it was great. Um, I, 
the the beautiful thing about where JSConf is hosted right now on Amelia Island is the fact that you can take your family. Uh, you can pair it up with a vacation before or after, which I saw a number of people doing. Um, and and it was it was a nice uh, you know way to uh, place to unwind and then uh, you know get prepped for uh, good conversation and and talks and experiences uh, you know specifically around the uh, JavaScript language and just programming and tinkering in general. Um, so yeah, uh, I recommend going early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a great thing. Uh, there, there's always the you know the transitioning from you know from work and the normal routine into you know into getting somewhere and and I guess we have a little bit of time to kind of make that shift and relax. I think that really makes a big difference so rather than just being thrust into the into things you know as soon as you get off the plane or something you know so right so that I way. completely agree. So. Yeah, it took me a couple of days. Well, we were down there for extended period, but it took me a couple of days to really kind of unwind and get focused. And then I was able to, um, you know, get all the, the fun stuff. You go to a, a place like this, and I, I guess I should describe it. You've got this amazing beach. You've got this amazing hotel, pools, and uh, this amazing canopy of trees, um, golf courses. It's just paradise. And I can imagine if I came on the like the night before, all I would think about the whole time I was there was I've got to get out and enjoy this scenery. <laughs> and what am I doing in this room? Yeah, you know, listening to these talks. Um, and um, now, of course, JSConf they the organizers um, do an amazing job of giving you all of the opportunities you can to get out and to mingle. You know, and that facility really does lend itself to just kind of natural conversation. You've got yeah. the pool and you've got uh, the fireplaces that are around the pool and plenty of chairs and tables and the beach and all that good stuff. Uh, and and um, I, I just, uh, I think that venue uh, really lends itself to, to that. Yeah. Um, to, to just having the impromptu conversations as you're going to get your beach towel, you know, I mean, it's amazing. You can walk down the hall and see any, you know, celebrity, uh, in our community that you'd like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, anyway, back to unwinding, but, uh, you know, getting there early, I had a chance to unwind. So I, I wasn't in that room going, I've got to be out there. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's great. Yeah, it does. It really, it, you know, and even the, just uh, you said there, you know, there's plenty of places to gather and to uh, just, you know, hang out. Uh, you know, I, I remember that, one, you know, one of the first uh, nights that, that we got there this year, I think it was right before the conference started. We were hanging out at, you know, just uh, by the pool there or, you know, or up uh, right. up by the hotel, you know, just in the, under the stars, you know, just talking yeah. about JavaScript and life and, and all kinds of things. So it's it's a, it's a, it's a neat, neat place to, to, to meet. So. Yeah, and what was cool was that while we were around there, you could start to see the laptops, uh, the glow of laptops appearing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Know, we're, yeah. And, and, and they remained right there uh, until that time. So you really had kind of these hack sessions that could, you know, I, I imagine that's what they were. I, weren't, right. I wasn't involved in one of those under the stars, uh, unfortunately, but you could imagine that that's what they were. They were just tinkering with things and, um, but they were in more of a natural environment rather than, uh, what you typically think of a hallway track at a conference where they're, you're literally in the hallway and, (laughs) and, and they've had to close all the conference rooms and things like that. Um, 
so uh so yeah i mean uh yeah it it really lent uh, the venue um and the openness and the uh, the things to talk about too so i mean when you saw when you met someone that you had never uh you know you walk up to a group of people you know they're they're attendees but you you don't have a talking point normally right and this uh, other if they don't have a logo or something that you can lead with but with that uh venue you just have everything you could say hey have you guys been to the beach or mm-hmm. did you go on the segway stuff did you you know yeah yeah there's you know about, yeah so so many different types of activities and things for the family and for everybody so it's it's pretty pretty neat so yeah so, yeah so we kicked things off i guess it was uh tuesday night they had the uh well actually i guess uh actually we kicked things off we, on monday yeah the monday yeah. was the uh the uh there was another uh css conf i think was 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 um uh, uh the, the well css conf monday night uh there was a there was a welcome party for that and then um then i think tuesday day uh was actually css conf it was, it was the day before and uh and so then there was a lot of uh you know so some of the uh, attendees had went to that to you know to uh, learn about all the latest things in css and transitions and and all the all things there and then um, uh, tuesday night then they had a uh, kind of a combined it was like an after party for CSS Conf right, and a, and a yeah. pre-party for uh, for JS Conf, yeah. uh, kind of a, a welcome reception. Uh, and this was uh, on the beach. And so, what were your thoughts yeah. on the on the the welcome reception there? Oh, it was awesome. I, I love the way that they uh, that they did that, where um, you could uh, kind of mesh the two crowds, um, and and it was just uh, I don't know. It was um, it was interesting. I met a lot of people that I wouldn't have otherwise met because we were just on a beach it's kind of telling everybody to go in this room and then make friends right well, <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of hard if you stick them in a room right but yeah. you put them on a beach um and, you know and it was it was sunset and it was um you know they had great food and and uh it was just a, a real nice time to be able to just you know kind of uh mingle and and yeah identify people that you'd never met i met rick waldron for the first time uh, I didn't recognize him. Um, he, he didn't have a lightsaber from his little uh, Twitter avatar. So yeah. um, I was like, who is that? And he's like, that's Rick Waldron. So anyway, um, but yeah. Yeah. So it's, and, and you can, you can make mistakes like that and be forgiven on a beach. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. the same thing. Yeah. It was just, you know, it's a beautiful looking out at the, the sunset and, you know, and, and, uh, and just yeah, they have the you know the little uh, tents kind of set up with the food and and stuff you know all over there and and yeah just you know just had the uh, the Jamaican band I think playing the you know the the the, yeah. the metal drums or whatever and uh, yeah it was it was just you know kind of a neat uh, neat neat place to to I guess kick things off or wrap things up if you were leaving you know after CSS comp so but yeah it was sure sure and I like the way they had. Oh, go ahead. Just yeah, I just really liked. I got to meet a lot of you know many new friends, and and uh, and actually it was funny because you know some of the people that uh, that uh, we ended up meeting you know that night, uh, um, uh, we saw them like every day, you know, <laughs> so the rest of the conference exactly, you know, right. out out of uh, six hundred and some people or whatever, you know, uh, it, it was it was amazing to to. Uh, you know, to, to find, uh, you know, again and again, these, these, uh, you know, common friends that were, you know, were great. So, 
Right, I was going to say that the table we sat at, they had the thing that I really liked was they had these tables that were on the beach. And so you would just get your uh, your hors d'oeuvres and sit down. Yeah. And then someone would join you and someone else would join you and all that. And so you're, you're kind of, it's like at a wedding, right? You yeah. just end up next to people and yeah. conversations develop and you identify where you're from and then you've got a connection point. And just like you said, the people we met at that table actually attended uh, one of the events that we'll talk about in a minute uh, on, on the Thursday of the conference with him. That uh-huh. was really cool. And I would have never, we, we paired up and, and he helped me and I helped him. And, yeah. you know, it, it kind of helped solidify the friendship uh, a little bit more. And it started, you can trace it back and exactly pinpoint where it was. It was on that beach. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Me, was, me too. Yeah. I mean, uh, a couple that first came and sat down with us was uh, Brad and Anastasia. And I just really uh, enjoyed, enjoyed time absolutely. with them. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Brad was my, uh, uh, partner in crime, I guess, with the, uh, <laughs> That's with, great. With the NodeBots event. So. Yeah. So then, uh, so then we had a good night's sleep, and then Wednesday morning we kicked off the uh, the uh, official tracks of the conference and that. So uh, we had to start out with a nice breakfast, and that was uh, it was wonderful. A uh, lot of variety in the in the breakfast there, which I always enjoy. It was. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They, there's one thing about that venue is that they they know how to deliver the right food. It's amazing. Uh, they actually have. Um, chefs that are on staff that really know what they're doing so yeah everything was tasty and you know and it's kind of neat uh, with the weather being good that you can you can you can eat your breakfast outside if you want you know and which mm-hmm. is which is always yeah. always fun it's you know it's just something something different and right. uh, you know and stuff so that was I, I did that several days so yeah so then uh we got you know, got ready for the talks and uh they had a great great set of tracks i mean we had there was uh, basically three tracks the main track the houston track was the kind of the curated content uh, that uh chris and and company had kind of uh went through and uh, the committee and chosen and then um and then there was the cape canaveral track which was uh more um i guess community driven people could send in uh talks that they wanted and the community voted on them and and chose them and then finally, there was a uh, actually a training track for anybody that wanted to uh, learn more skills, you know, just and, and those are, you know, longer presentations or, or talks, you know, where they can really go in and they get some hands on and, uh, you know, even some help if they need it, you know, and all that. So uh, really, they kind of cover it all there with with those three types of, uh, of tracks. So it's pretty, pretty neat. Right. And then there was all, always the hallway track, too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always always that. So, uh, so let's look, uh, let's go through the schedule and kind of talk about some of our favorite, uh, favorite talks and things that we, uh, we remember. So, uh, so looking down the schedule there, uh, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, I was in the Neil Green's talk and he was, uh, talking about writing custom DSLs and, mm-hmm. uh, thought that was, it was well done. I th- you know, he basically gave a lot of different choices on how, how you can build DSLs and some they talked about some of the different tools you can use and and you know basically had ideas for how things can you can start out uh, things can be more programmatic looking or you can get more and more fancy and be more English looking DSLs and so that was kind of you know it kind of showed both 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 ends of the spectrum there yeah I, my uh, takeaway from that talk was definitely the emojis uh, mm-hmm. that you could uh, you could build so. yeah yeah it's um that was a very interesting talk emojis and code so yeah <laughs> so then uh the next talk i went to um i ended up i wanted to st- 
they got such a cool name, Cylon JS. So I, I just had to Absolutely. find out find out what uh, what that was all about. So I went to see uh, Ron Evans, and um, you know, his his partner there was was helping him. And yeah, they really. Uh, I was amazed. I mean, you know, um, the Cylon JS is a project that kind of makes uh, makes it easier. I guess it gives you a little abstraction to do be able to do robotics and and things, uh, especially with uh, with JavaScript. And uh, and so it was kind of it's kind of a framework, and and they really kind of try to make adapters over over each of these different types of uh, devices and. And so then they started out, you know, kind of at the you know, simple and just started building on that and, and, and changing things out. And, and it was amazing because, you know, there are all these different types of devices and it was a matter of um, changing a couple lines of code or config to basically boot something else up and then add it into the mix. Right. And then, you know, as, we, as they went on, they had more and more things like working together and, you know, communicating across, uh, you know, across the, uh, um, the code uh, with, the, with each other. And, and, you know, it was kind of neat because we had... Um, there was a one point where we had these um, uh, Sphero balls um, mm-hmm. that were you could program pro, program programmatic. You can uh, control them. They're, they'll they'll roll around or change colors and different things. And then he had uh, I think it was a like a leap motion uh, hand sensor yeah. type thing. And and basically by waving your hand, you could tell the balls what to do and 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 change colors and all that kind of stuff. And and you know, it, yeah, we had drones. You know, they were controlling sure. drones and 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 different things. You know, uh, they would uh, all be synchronized and that. Um, yeah, it was just. Uh, and there was a variety of things there where the, I guess they did even did something with. Um, was it the like the game of life or something? Conway's game of life with with those little ball, those balls where they run in contact with each other. Then a sensor would know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. it was yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. So. Lots. Yeah, it was a it was a really um, powerful display of what you can do with JavaScript and some uh, uh, some electronics these days and, and microcontrollers. Um, it's very very interesting framework. I've played around with it a little bit, and it uh, it's definitely something to watch um, as it, as as we get into that uh, advanced. Well, I, I still think um, robotics and and controlling things with javascript i think we've got a long way to go before uh you know skynet or anything that's going to take over so um that yeah. i'm definitely assured that we're humans will be in control for a little while longer than yeah. robots but uh it's amazing what you can do with uh with these devices right now yeah with uh, a, a little bit of uh javascript and the asynchronous nature that it brings yeah yeah and and i think it was last year that uh we were sitting in Ra- Raquel Velez's uh, talk about uh, um, node bots or, or something, something mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Thing. And she really explained, you know, how um, like JavaScript has just kind of changed the whole landscape with, with robots and, and things that, cause you don't have to get out the compilers for, you know, C or C plus plus and, and use these old uh, APIs that are, uh, you know, difficult to use and, and people don't, you know, that are beginners hard to understand. And so something like JavaScript, which you can, you know, a little bit familiar with maybe from your browser or from doing some small, small code, uh, doesn't require a compiler, you know, uh, the interfaces are, you can pretty much just fire things up and start using things. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of made, it's brought it to a whole new level of, of, uh, accessibility for people for all of all types, rather than just the, instead of the scientists or the you know, the, uh, career programmers, uh, you know, it, it can actually be available to everybody. So, 
Um, yeah, it's made it less intimidating. I um, have not been interested in robotics or anything like that, so I thought. And then bringing this down to my level, uh, well, not necessarily bringing it to me where I'm at. I know JavaScript. I'm able to interface with it. And uh, it just uh, this this um, these kind of approaches allow me to iterate on things and do things that I, I wasn't really uh, – I didn't think I was interested in before. So, yeah. uh, and uh, it also the asynchronous nature. I'll say it again. Just that really, uh, because and I got the same from her talk. Um, you know, uh, 2013 JS Comp, where you know it really does lend itself to a robot because you may have multiple servos that are turning or that need to turn, and one shouldn't hold up the other. Um, it's in certain instances. Um, yeah, the asynchronous nature is very. Um, appropriate for that application um to robotics yeah so um so i i was very excited to see that talk and all the different uses for the uh sphero the uh node copters etc i mean yeah. they just brought everything that was available out and just <laughs> said here's what you can do guys you know <laughs> yeah. and gals right yeah so here's what you can do this is everybody stand up and take notice this is yeah this is what it is and here's our attempt to help you do that so yeah and it was amazing was to uh amazing to see them do so much in a, in a short time because this was uh, these were like half hour talks so that right. includes a little bit of setup time you know so if, you know five <laughs> minutes or so so Plus you know, live demos. Yeah. So you're you're down to, you know, twenty five minutes or so, you know, max and, and and yeah, they had all this hardware to fire up and you know and and it, it was amazing to see to see all that, you know, but that was that just got you excited, you know, to see what you could do that quickly and, and you know, and they really talked about all you know, they just they showed it and they talked about it and, and showed code and it was it was really good. So definitely uh check out those that video if you haven't seen it. Um and uh, I guess you know, another uh, kind of uh, side thing uh, that I think is really interesting about the conference is they mentioned it at the beginning uh, uh, is the Tesla. So I guess the Tesla oh, uh, having JavaScript actually run on a chip. So uh, those were, I think, launched um, at, at the conference or, or they were at least giving out some um, a few early editions or something at the conference there. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome. They had some. They had some to play with at the Cylon JS booth at the NodeBots event. Okay. Um, I didn't play with one, but I saw a number of people uh, playing with them, um, and uh, I'm actually going to get my first hands-on look at one tomorrow night. So, okay, uh, I'll certainly let you know. Yeah, how, you have to let how us. It is, but yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued by that as well because, um, you know, with uh, Arduino and with the Spark that they gave us in our uh, our astronaut bags i guess that's what they were right, uh, right, our, right. our conference gift bags were right uh shiny uh, br <laughs> uh, uh silver bags yeah yeah um and uh kind of reminded me of the of the uh the astronaut uh ice cream bar bags or mm -hmm. you know something like you know that the, yeah that, that kind of material you you know, tear it open and you get your, your, your goodies in there <laughs> those would have been a great touch if uh, <laughs> there, there would have been millions and millions of tweets about that if, uh, if there were astronaut ice cream in our bag right, right right um but included in that was the spark core which is was a, a uh this is a, a literally a connected chip that you literally can fire it up and it connect it to the the network you're on and you you can come you can write c code that goes on that that will update an api now of course that's that's as far as i've 
gotten. And I can imagine if I were able to take that script that's ta that's talking to the C code uh, or, or the, the value that was sent by the API or to the API from that C code on the chip, um, if I were able to take that code and put it on the device, uh, the chip itself, that would be amazing. So yeah. um, I think they've got a lot of things there. And I, uh, around the conference, if you mentioned Tessel, you just saw this look of, of pleasure on the person's face like, that is going to be cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, If I recall correctly, they weren't really out at the time. They are shipping now. Okay. But uh, they were, um, they were uh, I, I think like you were saying, they, were, they launched them there. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, so definitely that's, something to watch. Yeah, so that's only going to just be more, more and more available to everybody, and you know, and and it's it's great to have uh, all this different support for things with hardware. And and yeah, I know you mentioned the uh, the Spark Core. Um, you know, you were explaining it to me a little bit later that uh, there's all these different types of sensors. I mean, all types of things oh, that you can wire together in in that uh, in that little box that we got. And <laughs> so that's, it's really that's, cool. That's really uh, there's really neat. there's temperature sensors which I got working. While I was at the conference during the NodeBots event, there's, um, I'm going to butcher, uh, there's a light sensor. It's not called that. Um, there's, uh, uh, um, there's servos. There are all kinds of little things in there. Um, I think it comes with about 10 different sensors. But you can literally plug them in a breadboard and with a little bit of instruction on how you know you need a ground and you need a power source and a little bit of instruction on how to set that up and you've got something that you or at least someone like myself that was always software i didn't think i could ever do anything like that but i've got a, a couple of little pet projects with this little breadboard and the spark core and a few sensors to help solve a need for someone yeah um, so uh that's um, great yeah it's uh it, highly recommend looking into one of those yeah and i think uh you know chris has uh, has mentioned that before that he's always uh, uh wanted to kind of uh let people try out using hardware because it's something that that a lot of people enjoy once they try it and you don't even you don't know how you know you think it's going to be real hard but once you get into it you find out you know with these different tools it's not too bad and and uh, you know and these new apis and that make it easier so um, yeah so that's great yeah so uh, uh, next talk, I think that, you know, I mentioned or I went to was uh, I went to Travell Perkins and he talked about uh, battle hardening uh, Node.js for the enterprise. And so uh, he had a lot of good uh, information from their work at uh, FidSafe, uh, Fidelity. And it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of a lot of uh, similar things to kind of, uh, you know, some of the things that we we've been doing at MasterCard. So I certainly, uh, you know, had a lot of, com you know, compared notes there with uh, security and and uh, making things uh, run fast and scale up uh, to large scale. And, and so that was really good, keeping things safe. Um, then there was a NodeBots live event with Raquel. Did you get to see that one with her? Or, uh, I didn't. This year? I missed that. I yeah. missed that. It was, uh, it, was kind of, it was also during a break time, so I missed that. But Yeah, uh, yeah. And there I was a little to bit. to go back and watch the video. There was a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, things got a little bit out of sync with the tracks there, so it made it a little difficult to get back and forth uh, for, for parts of the conference. But they, they eventually got that, that synced up and, and uh, it worked better. But uh, that can happen. It can happen with any conference. Um, Nico uh, Bavacqua. Uh, uh, who's uh, actually writing a uh, book now uh, called um, Java's 
JavaScript application um, design. Design. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I got an early access copy of that, and I was actually able to to uh, uh, get a get an interview with him at the conference. So I got uh, working on a podcast to get that out. Um, but uh, yeah, his talk was great. He had a lot of good ideas on uh, tooling and things that you can use uh, with JavaScript. I think uh, one of his kind of precepts is um, is uh, uh, build first. So mm-hmm. get everything set up so that you can build. Uh, your system completely, you know, uh, out so that there's no, you know, everything is kind of automated and you've got tooling around all the stuff. So you're not wasting a lot of time, um, you know, concatenating things and, and you you can, you can automate a lot of that stuff nowadays and then you can run tests on it and you can make sure it's all, all working together. Right. Right. Yeah. It was a great talk. Um, he, the thing I really liked about his presentation of the material was that, uh, he talked about Grunt and Gulp and NPM, but he talked about them in a, if you're presented with this, if you're presented with that. So it wasn't really a use one over the other. Um, he did highlight some of their uh, their noted um, drawbacks where there were. Um, you know, if one of them was, was faster than the other in certain areas. Um, but he... he presented a view of each tool and showed its strengths and its weakness. Um, most of the tools don't have weaknesses. Grunt is, um, it's got just about everything that you can, you can need. Uh, and Gulp is slowly catching up with that community. Um, I think they both strike, um, they strike our community by the people that are there at that moment. So mm-hmm. there were, those of us that started out with Grunt because that was the only thing that was there, right? Yeah. And now there's Gulp. And, yeah, it's got great syntax. And, uh, yeah. yes, I can see how certain things are faster. Yeah. Um, am I converting all my Grunt files over to Gulp files? No. Am I avoiding a project because it has a Gulp file? Absolutely not. So, <laughs> right. And then, then one of the things that I really uh, took, uh, he, he, his talk um, detailed how you can use NPM as your tooling, you know, so you can you can literally use that package JSON and highlight a couple of the attributes in there that will do things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll leave uh, the uh, any details uh, to watching the talk or yeah or reading his book, but um, uh, it's I agree with his his approach, and I had a chance to talk with him uh, in in depth at one of the. Uh, the dinners and um, his, you know, ideas are, are right uh, in that you've got to set up your environment. Um, future, th- thinking about the future of where these assets are going to end up. Um, you know, how is everything going to come together? Because that is going to affect how you're going to build it yeah. and structure it. Um, and it seems like in the web, we've always played catch up where we've built all of this CSS and JavaScript, all these assets, and then years and years went by and then things in the rails community like the asset pipeline came along and yeah uh, it's named something else in other uh languages and and frameworks but essentially it's oh yeah we should have <laughs> right we've got we've got performance we've got to keep in mind and this yeah. approach that he went through with these tools about you know thinking oh, okay you're going to deliver this via uh, mobile and okay we'll get get your minification set up do you need um you know uh to build an image uh, um, a css sprite do you need 
um, you know, uh, to trim down things? Do you need to um, only include certain things in certain areas? Uh, all of this, this kind of, uh, you know, what used to be done after the as an afterthought. This is now true advice for anyone building something, uh, including myself. I think it, yeah. it just reiterates. Yeah, I need to think about that now because. You know, if I go through and structure things and don't think about how it's going to end up, I, I may be, uh, you know, shooting myself in the foot. So yeah, and I think uh, you know, and it, it helps you. It, you know, if you end up working with a team, then it helps the team as well. And mm-hmm. and I and you know, kind of these things, uh, you once you get them set up one time, then mm-hmm. you can kind of learn from that, and you know, every the next project can build on what you learned in the past project. And you know, you may not, you may even do things slightly different. But at least you're kind of, you know, you're, you're never starting over and you're kind of, you know, things are, you, you got these building blocks that, that, that have, have started you out and, and you can easily add things into the mix once you have something. Once you have a, some tooling in place, then you can easily add, you know, minification and you can add, uh, you know, uglifying or, or uh, removing a dead code and, you know, all those types of things. Uh, it's just another, you know, another thing in the pipeline. So uh, lots of lots of cool stuff there. Yeah, and just establishing a workflow, um, that's one of the main things. It's part of his talk description, but I'm a huge believer in placing a workflow in front of somebody or just, you know, it may not be the right workflow at the time or you may have to adjust it, but by simply defining that, uh, you're 75% of the way there. Mm -hmm. Um, You've at least got something to work with. So whereas, uh, you know, yeah, you... If you didn't have a framework or something like that, which defines a workflow or buckets for you to put things in, folders, all that kind of stuff, you're you're just you've got a blank canvas. And a lot of us, myself included, get kind of nervous when I see a blank canvas because I don't know what to do. But you give me a little bit of structure, you give me a little workflow, and I know exactly what to do. So to your point yeah. about with a team, etc. Once you bring someone on, you've got a file that, okay, they can instantly look down it and digest. Okay, well, how are we? You know what? What are we doing to ensure this is deliverable? You can answer all those questions and something like that. So yeah, awesome. So what was your next uh, next favorite talker uh, uh, that you had on your list there, or things that you've attended or remember from the conference? Um, I uh, I'm not certain what talk this was in, but um, I heard a lot. Of, this was just something I wasn't aware of before JSConf, and I'm not sure if it was uh, in his talk. He may have mentioned Browserify. Mm-hmm. He may not, but I had not heard of Browserify mm-hmm. uh, it, with the bullhorn that I did at JSConf. Yeah, <laughs> I had yeah. seen it in the Twitter stream. I had seen it on uh, Hacker News, et cetera, but I hadn't really understood of what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really that that was kind of that's kind of the I believe that was in or around his talk. Yeah, yeah, he um, definitely mentioned it in the talk, I believe, and. and and it kept uh, it kept coming up. I mean, that was one of the uh, one of the kind of the the tools that people referenced again and again as mm-hmm. something that's just making things easier. You know, I mean, right. there's just uh, the you know uh, we in the Node community have always enjoyed uh, npm and mm-hmm. how you know the the ability to have dependencies install things and and Browserify just kind of you know by by it walking your dependency tree and finding the the you know the the code that needs to be pulled and compiling it all together in one file uh you know that's just uh, that's very very slick and very very nice compared to something you know that 
uh, you know, like require JS, which just takes more setup, you know, there's just more, sure. more moving parts there to, to set up and that, uh, you know, it, it can do different things, but, um, you know, for a lot of things, Browserify does what you need. And so, so many people have, have, uh, you know, bought into, you know, or uh, tried that out and found that's, or, you know, it's a great, uh, a great tool for the toolkit there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually the, the, so, uh, answering your question the, the next talk um that i attended was actually right after uh nico's and it was it was amazing it was by uh, uh mark demarco on uh user interface algorithms and um i was really intrigued i like playing with the ui these days uh, i use Ang- angular a lot and uh knockout for for binding and i've started playing with react um a bunch this year um and um this really spoke to me. I was like, "What am I? What are these algorithms? What 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 cool things am I going to find out?" And I was. He introduced us to the Vernoy diagram, uh, which is made famous in our world by the um, the infamous Amazon flyout menus. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've always noticed how amazingly stable those menus are when you go to Amazon and you. On, down the right, uh, the left-hand side, you navigate to Kindle, and it flies out, and it's it's extremely stable. Um, I've actually had several designers say, "Let's go to Amazon. Let me show you these menus." And <laughs> I, I never knew exactly what the secret was, but yeah. he his talk was absolutely amazing, and it's one of those talks that I'm going to remember, um, and I'm going to use that concept to. Um, further my career and, and, and get through projects that need more stability. But uh, he implements this, this Vernoy diagram uh, and, and how it relates to the mouse pointer. So um, uh, I, he goes into a lot of backstory about how that came up and how it was named. I'll save that for the, yeah. uh, the viewers that want to watch the talk. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, it was what, what did you think uh, of that? Had you ever yeah, no, I, seen I, that? I, you know, I, I was, uh, I was with Nico after his talk, um, to do a quick interview. And so I missed the talk live, but then I did go back and see the video later and I, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And, and some of the, the, um, the way they were using, um, uh, that algorithm to detect, you know, you could even use this on, um, on, um, on, uh, different shapes, you know, so they were actually, he was showing, I think, um, like uh, uh was it a map of the united states or a map of the world or, or something and you would hover over yeah, things it was, and it would detect you know where you know the closest one um you know and you didn't have to be in it, in it. you could actually be the you know, it was the nearest uh thing and so it was it was pretty neat how that how that algorithm would allow you to uh, you know to have a really nice user interface and you know really nice uh feel to the to the, you know what you did yeah, I believe you were um, you're remembering the uh, election results. Yeah, that yeah. The New York Times did. That's it. And That's it. Yep. That was uh, that kind of, and I call it stability. But when you're, uh, you know, when you're in a, a user interface like that, and you have to, uh, you want something other than square boxes that the browser provides us. You know. Yeah. Um, a lot of us uh, will code up. You know these crazy watching algorithm padding kind of things you know the, breaking the rules and this actually um solves the problem and solves it in really the most efficient way um so uh and it's it's all over the place once you start looking it really is all over the place um 
just like the New York Times. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that was that was really um, that was one of the talks that's worth the conference for me. Yeah, uh, uh, because I got something out of that that I don't know uh, if I would ever have run across it uh, just in my daily life. So yeah, yeah, and that is I think the beauty of of you know the the breadth of the topics that uh chris uh kind of had in these talks i mean they're they're just all over the place so you you couldn't help but uh you know just seeing things that you wouldn't normally see at a normal conference i mean it was just amazing to to have the you know the breadth of these things so but um yeah so uh i guess the next talk that i went to was i think i saw uh, nick bray's talk on uh, native code on the web and he was uh basically talking you know showing how we can uh, use different tools to to uh, run native code and and you know is that a good thing is a bad thing i mean there's so there was you know some debating about you know that and he, he kind of talked through a lot of those ideas and and just uh you know just a variety of uh of, of ways that we can interface with uh you know with native code and you know for things that need it and there was he, he mentioned that he had different uh, libraries that uh, you could use to bridge the gap i guess between uh, c++ or these other vms and things and so that was kind of kind of neat and and you know and it dealt with a lot of the issues of of multi-threaded programming and memory models and that kind of stuff so pretty interesting pretty good talk um i guess i came in at the end of montage js but that was uh that was pretty interesting the uh the, the composable uh, web uh, front-end web applications um with montage and and uh, they actually have a, a like a designer, I think, that you can build these things and test them and and all that. And uh, uh, that was a pretty pretty neat uh, neat talk. Neat to see where where things are going with that. Yeah, I actually met one of those guys last year. Um, I didn't meet Ryan, who gave the talk, but um, uh, one of his um, uh, coworkers or something that was as the framework was growing. Um, and um, it it seems to play well with with other frameworks but it also gives you the ability to build kind of live components within itself that's the the takeaway that i got it's uh definitely something on my um kind of my you know when i have a, a saturday evening you know kind yeah. of pull it out and play around with it um because i think it has a a feel of something that we didn't necessarily want with uh, or I didn't think I wanted with angular or with knockout or data bindings you know so forth back in the days when backbone was all, you know and jQuery spaghetti then backbone right that, that was all the rage that was how we built stuff we saw these forward thinking frameworks and it kind of got a little like I don't know if I ever want to do that and then once you buy into the the magic and and the savings and the defaults that are put put out there then you know you can uh learn to reap the benefits um so i can see this in a couple of years being something that's very uh just uh you know it rolls off the tongue pretty easily hey have you have you checked out montage js so yeah yeah there was a there you know there was kind of a a theme uh, that we've seen at the conference you know modularity um, you know, it was a common word, uh, keeping things, you know, uh, composable in small modules that you can put together and build up bigger and bigger things. And, you know, with montage as well as other, other things, you know, it, it, it was, uh, you know, we, we were seeing more and more with, uh, web components and angular directives and, you know, all of these different types of things where you can build up, uh, taking small primitives, uh, build on them, piece them together, have something more, you know, bigger and bigger. 
and uh, I think that, you know that's kind of we you know we found as a community that's those are good ways to build things you know to abstract and 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 uh, and that but but yet at the at the simplest level they're they're you know they're small the the pieces mm-hmm. inside are small mm-hmm. and you can easily go in and change them out or you know tweak them or or whatever and so that's that's kind of the good thing too is you you're not stuck with one big huge thing that's hard to uh, to modify you 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 don't have this big monolith you've got smaller things that are composed together so absolutely and the other um thing i'll say about montage was that they borrowed from existing frameworks and templating languages which is a big thing uh the thing i remember the most is that their their templating reminded me of handlebars or mustache or angular so when you're in something you don't have to remember yet another syntax for delivering uh variables expressions, etc. Um, their framework was very expression driven and you didn't even, in most cases, you didn't have to write uh, the um, controller code uh, in the view uh, or the controller code in a controller. You could do that in the view and it was very readable and digestible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instantly when you gave that piece to a, a designer or another developer um, they could have a view of whatever it was right in that uh, in, in, in what they were looking at so um, I think this is definitely something to watch uh, I'm interested to see some first apps that really um, take it and do something with it uh, um, I, I know their app the editor that they demoed um, and that you can play with uh, is completely written in montage and so it's just I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what can come out of that. So. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. So what's uh, what's another talk that you uh, you found uh, uh, pretty interesting at, at that first day? I thought the uh, the talk about playing DVDs in JavaScript was just <laughs> amazing. So it's it, it, it's going to be a real problem in my opinion because we have all of this media, right? And we're we're slowly getting away from laptops that have those players so what do you do (laughs) right you right you you archive them right we've got we'll have all these dvds that are archived on you know all these hard drives and we may or may not be able to play them in certain things and so this was uh this was um gc marty's experiment in if he could play a dvd in the folder structure and and so forth with javascript um that that's the kind of thing that I really think, um, is, you know, you can see, you can guarantee to see. I knew I was going to see a talk like this, something that I had no, it was not even on my radar, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool. Um, what what did you did What did you think of um, of doing that? Would you ever have a need? Yeah, you know, I had to play your it it it. I didn't. It, I didn't think you could do that. <laughs> so it was pretty. It was pretty amazing to to uh, to see the, how far he, you know to see him get, get through and make it work. I mean, because you know, I I just thought that uh, there was some stuff in there that you you would just need C plus plus or you know something uh, you know running hardware to 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 work with. But he got it all all running in JavaScript and uh, you know, and it was amazing to to see how he how he accomplished it. He went through the whole kind of the whole story, so it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um is really really sharp um i highly recommend checking out that uh that talk so 
And I guess another, uh, you know, another talk uh, that afternoon was uh, uh, unshackling, unshackling JavaScript with macros, James Long. And um, I believe, uh, you know, he was, he, he showed a lot of different ways that we can, um, you can, you know, basically customize JavaScript now or even, or even start to use some, like some ES6 um, type, uh, you know, macros and that. So he actually uh, went through and talked about, you know, uh, macros that would would basically implement you know some of the ES6 features and and that was kind of neat uh, you know you can you can certainly mix in uh, things you want to try out and uh, you know and and uh, he used uh, Sweet JS and uh, uh, and you know other things to to demonstrate that um, he added in yeah, some, but- some things about like function tracing and um, native pattern matching and and um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. Yeah, it was a real deep dive into Sweet.js, um, and, uh, you know, we, we all know that you can get a shim and, you know, plug it in and you can take advantage of it, but um, kind of going down into that and explaining what it's doing and why you would want to do that, that was, uh, that was a, a really good um, show of how you could begin to ex- play with what is coming, you know, and mm-hmm. then uh, um, I'm not... 100% sure if uh, Sweet.js is a production quality polyfill, uh, which I'm going to call it, um, uh, or, or shim that can that you can use now. But um, you know, uh, I'm I'll have to research that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not, think, I'm not sure either. You know, I think uh, I think there are people that are using Sweet.js. Uh, you know, from what I understand, um, you know, for different types of projects and things. And I, you know, it, it, it uh, can basically kind of fill things in. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, I think Brendan Ike talks about the fact that uh, uh, one of his uh, um, coworkers or something, they were basically wanting to add macros to the language because then that'd be the last thing they'd have to implement. Everybody else could do everything with macros, you know? I mean, so that was kind of the, the joke, you know, or whatever. Um, but we've never really got macros, you know. So, so but now Sweet.js is kind of trying to trying to fill that in. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, um, the, you know, the level of the code or what what kind of complexity it would would create. Uh, but uh, but certainly something checking out, and and certainly if you're trying to uh, evaluate some things, um, how it will maybe clean up your code and maybe for the future use, you know, when uh, when these features are native, uh, then that's certainly a, a good thing to play with. So, yeah, absolutely, it's definitely something to watch out for. Another talk uh, I liked uh, was uh, Marco Rogers um, talked about finding patterns across front-end frameworks. And, uh, you know, again, you know, a lot of it was kind of just reinforcing some of the same stuff that uh, we've been hearing and, and, you know, some of the modularity, uh, you know, some of the, you know, using Browserify for, you know, for for loading things. Um, Just the whole, you know, the, the, the whole modularity thing of, of doing one thing well, you know, and being able to compose things together and you know, to make more complicated things. Yeah. I, I loved his demo on all of the different frameworks. He took Backbone, he took React, he took Angular, he took Ember, and he kind of showed the same code side by side. And he didn't really say, you should use this, you should use that. But he gave each their own kind of score throughout and he was able to, you know, kind of give you a uh, a feel for if that was your type of framework or not. So um, you didn't have to kind of deep dive. And some of it was, you know, if you if you only cared about the number of lines of code, 
you could certainly see which one won that, right? But um, he, he gave a balanced review, in my opinion, of all the different options that are there, and just identified that hey, we're all you, we're all building frameworks. You know, everybody is. Every company is building their own framework. If they're not, even if they are using a specific framework, they they tend to do that. So uh, because you start with a, an established workflow and then build off of that. So um, I was really happy to see that kind of balanced um, comparison. So. Yeah, I know. Um, I know there was another talk um, similar. I mean, that that uh, had some similar. Uh, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Florence, I think, gave. Uh, I think it was called Ember Acular. I'm trying to look it up here. Exactly. Uh, it's on the second yeah. day. Ambular Acular right. Am Burbone. <laughs> right. Right. It was. Uh, it was a right. kind of a combination, of, like you said, of 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 showing the different frameworks uh you know and and uh, going through and what you know the pros and the cons and the kind of their strengths and their you know and and just kind of uh, you know helping people try to make an educated guess on uh when to use this versus that and 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 that so yeah very very good stuff very uh yeah. very helpful yeah. um another talk uh in that same day was uh on real-time satellite tracking in the browser <laughs> another one of those ones that kind of blew my mind you know and and uh, with uh, David Calhoun, and and uh, that was uh, that was pretty interesting, you know, just being able to, um, um, I guess, uh, you know, it was really just bringing it all down to the browser, and and uh, you know, I guess it was we were doing real time satellite positions using uh, Leaflet JS and Satellite JS, and I, I remember the uh, Satellite uh, JS, I think it believed it really kind of made some of the. Uh, concepts of orbital mechanics easier <laughs> it would didn't end up being such a hard hard math or whatever it uh it was a lot easier to uh to deal with and and that so but yeah lots of lots of good stuff talked about uh map projections and uh, webgl and just uh you know just a good a good talk if you want to see what can be done in in uh in the browser with satellites and, and that and then uh, i guess uh kind of wrapping up this uh, first day uh let's see we had uh so so my, oh, my last talk from that day was uh was probably one of the um funniest talks i've ever seen uh it was uh jen schiffer talked about uh what's the harm in sorting uh this was the name of her talk what's the harm in hoarding uh, the harm in sorting sanitizing inputs for more optimized javascript um and in her talk, she introduced the world to Jort Sort, uh, which was her comedic attempt at our uh, and poking fun at developers for always wanting things um, to be the newest, the hottest. Um, you want it compact. You want it um, fast. Yeah, fast. Yeah. I mean, it was. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, the The entire crowd was just crying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, she's definitely got a a, a a way that she delivers the you know connects with the audience and and it's it's just something to see you know Jen's a, Jen's something else and and yeah it's, you know the the humor and the satire and the irony and you know it just yeah. it was all kind of wrapped in there <laughs> you couldn't yeah. help but laugh you know it's it's uh, you know and, and a lot of times we're laughing at ourselves you know so it's, it's absolutely kind of cool yeah and and she had some very valid points if you go back and watch that talk. Um, you can really understand, you know, it's poking fun, but it's also being extremely real. Okay, well, we don't have to jump to the next 
framework as soon as it's out. We don't have to re-implement things because of, uh, you know, uh, personal biases towards the way the code looks or so forth. There, there's a lot of things that you can glean from her, her, uh, you know, the fun she made of, of developers um, that are pretty true. I mean, there's some, there's some points in there. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a good, uh, good spot to break for our, uh, for this podcast, Kevin, and uh, just appreciate you, uh, you joining me today to, to reminisce about uh, JSConf 2014 and, and uh, we'll uh, we'll plan on picking this up again uh, uh, in, with with the next day and uh, continuing forward on our journey uh, through uh, JSConf. So, Kevin, thanks for thanks for your time. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks, Jeff. I hope you've enjoyed Reflections of JSConf 2014 Part One with my friend Kevin Old. I would encourage you to check out some of the videos. The links and show notes are available at codewinds.com 12. If you would like to keep up on the latest in web developer news and training, follow me on codewinds.com, where I have a podcast, blog, and video training covering Node and JavaScript. Until next time, this is Jeff Barczewski with Codewinds. Music by Audionautics.com.